0: Welcome to Short Stories, a Forest Lake and Anala Writers Group podcast and community radio series. This new series will showcase a selection of short stories, all written and read by a local group of experienced and emerging writers.
1: Hi, this is Bill Pine, and I've been writing books and short stories for about the last 30 years. My working life has embraced school teaching and as a probation and parole officer. I've worked with people from all walks of life and circumstances, so I have a wide range of experiences to draw on. Mostly I like writing period pieces, but I don't have a favourite genre, though the psychology of crime features prominently in my work. This story is set in Berlin during the time of the military occupation, and it's called Adventure on a Train, or how not to visit the Russian War Memorial. The shabby electric train slowed to take the points at the entrance to the next station. And I nodded to Harold and Janice to get ready to disembark. It was a frosty gray day with a wind right off the tundra. I put my gloves back on, pulled my overcoat tight around me and re-knotted my scarf in readiness for the chill on the platform just to make sure it was the station we wanted, I moved to the next window as mine was still boarded up from the days of the bombardment of the city. As I looked out, to my horror, from under the carriage floor, there was a hiss of brakes releasing and our speed started to increase. The damn train was not going to stop at Treptow. Here we go, I thought, three singles to Siberia. In the mid-1960s, Berlin was still a city divided into four sectors, each of which was administered by one of the occupying powers, Britain, America, France and Russia. There was a strong atmosphere of grey and green in the air. I got used to that. But I didn't fancy ending my days in a Solzhenitsyn gulag. Harold Janus and I were teachers on the staff of the International School in Hamburg. In those days of the coldest part of the Cold War, cheap package deals encouraged foreigners in the West to spend their weekends in Berlin whenever they could, to fly the flag, as it were. You could go by British European Airways and have a Soviet MiG fighter just off both wings... Or you could test your patience with the interzone train and endure the varied moods of the communist people's police guards. Inevitably, these guards were women soldiers with a bad attitude who carried Kalashnikovs. They swarmed on board after the train had dawdled across no man's land at the border between the two Germanys and made themselves as officious and intrusive as possible during that part of the four-hour journey. I'd made the trip by both means of transport many times and it held no fears for me. As long as you didn't carry any advertising material from the West, had the right stamps in your passport and weren't cheeky to the police, it was fairly effortless. Before we leave Berlin tomorrow, I'd said on the Saturday night over dinner on the Kurfürstendamm in the British sector, I must take you through the wall to see the Russian war memorial in Treptow. The memorial was well worth seeing. By a l'oeil effect, the colossal shape of a Russian soldier sword cleaving a swastika in two and sheltering a German woman and child in the folds of his greatcoat appeared to rise powerfully out of the ground as you approached the shrine from the park. It was most impressive and cleverly done. Harold and Janice, mere initiates into the art of Cold War travel, looked at each other. Uh, isn't that a bit risky? Harold asked. You sure we got the right bloody documents? You know what they're like over there. We've got our British passports, I answered comfortingly. We've got return visas for the Interzone train tomorrow afternoon. And we can buy an entry visa to East Berlin at Checkpoint Charlie in the morning on our way to Treptow. I answered, no problem. And I smiled with the smug rectitude of someone who'd done it all before and knew all the ropes. On Sunday morning then, in in a biting cold with flakes of wet snow in the air, I shepherded Harold and Janice through the tedious procedures at Checkpoint Charlie. We signed the absentee book at the shop, now given over to the British consular presence, passed through the gate in the wire, paid the entrance fee to the Russian guards, and armed with a red star stamp in our passports, made our way down Friedrichstrasse to the station where the East Berlin part of the divided railway system operated from. Half of the huge edifice was still roped off where it had collapsed during the shelling. Once you found the right platform, all the trains stopped at Treptow, rather as all our trains stop at Corinda. Any fool knew that. However, I was unaware that on Sundays the occasional rogue train did not stop there, but carried on far beyond the Russian sector boundary, well into the Russian zone, the so-called German Democratic Republic. And that, of course, was significantly beyond the jurisdiction of our visas and therefore jungle territory. Um, I don't want to be the fly in the woodpile here,' said Harold, "'who was prone to mix his metaphors at times of stress. "'But I thought that station signboard said Trepto. "'Neither he nor his wife spoke much German. "'I was fluent and therefore supremely sure of myself. "'Always thinks he knows best,' is how my form master described me "'in one of my school reports.' headstrong, and doesn't heed good advice. By this time we were truly lumbering eastwards at a steady 20 kilometres an hour, and that way disaster was waiting for us. Perhaps not the Siberian gulags, but certainly three days in an East German detention centre while the People's Police dragged their feet in sorting out the mess I had caused. We might even be used as a diplomatic bargaining chip, like they did with a Belgian chocolate salesman earlier that year. They'd held him for a month in exchange for some concession or other. Mind you, I thought that anyone naive enough to believe the East Germans could pay for chocolate with their monopoly money probably deserved to be taught a lesson in Central European politics. One of the other passengers leaned towards me, an elderly man wearing an obviously dyed ex-army raincoat. The coat was frayed at the cuffs, and he looked thin. You three are Westerners, aren't you, he said, in a very sotto voce. Er, yes, I replied cautiously. What? asked Harold. Just shut up and let me handle it, I snapped. You know this train runs express to Fürstenwalde, do you, said the man. I hope you got the right visa. I don't think we have, I said, trying to keep a note of panic out of my voice. We wanted to get off at Treptow. Harold and Janice shifted nervously on their wooden slatted seats. What's going on? Harold hissed. It'll be OK, I said. Seems we're headed into the Democratic Republic, that's all. Just don't look agitated. Keep calm. Keep calm, squeaked Harold. Keep bloody calm. What's going on, croaked Janice, who caught the mood. Harold snapped at her. It's OK, he said. Keep calm. I hate it when you say keep calm like that, she retorted. It always means the opposite. Now start flapping. And I think the seeds of their divorce were first sown on that day. By this time, other concerned passengers had joined in this genuine little bit of East-West drama. For the average East Germans did not share the beliefs that their Russian masters tried to drum into them. "'Get off at Schoenweide as unobtrusively as possible,' "'one elderly lady advised. "'We'll tell you when. "'Cross over to the other platform and keep it nonchalance "'and try to look scruffy like the rest of us,' "'said a middle-aged man with a battered briefcase. "'When the train pulls in,' said our original helper, "'some of us will look out and see if there are any "'Folkspolizei men on the platform. "'If there are,' We'll do something to distract them. You people must stroll across the overbridge to the other platform. There's heaps of trains going back into Berlin from there, even on a Sunday. Best to stand singly, away from each other, said a youngish woman, bottle blonde. They don't like us gathering in knots. They think we're up to something. Well, we are up to something, I said. We're up to border running. Yes, but they won't know that, said another woman who was nursing a baby. Waiting on the platform at Schoenavider in the sleet was as depressing as it sounds. Reconstruction work after the Russian invasion had not progressed very far in the zone. Across from us was a ruined furniture factory, its roof open, and what was left of its eastern end standing like a row of jagged teeth. Behind us the rows of shoddily built workers' flats were sullen and uninviting. True to the admonition to keep separate from one another, I waited near the station's corrugated iron toilet shed, as I always needed to pee a lot when the chips are down. Harold, always the true thespian, was earnestly consulting the timetable board, about 15 metres away from me, and not understanding a word. Further along the gritted and broken concrete platform, Janice stood, Lily Marlene-like, under a lamppost and appeared to be trying to meld with it. Her ocelot fur coat and Carnaby Street boots screamed, Westerner! Whichever way you looked at it. As an anticlimax, instead of being arrested and carted away, in fact, we only had to wait seven minutes for our rescue. We exercised our nonchalance in not making a mad dash for the train doors, wrenching them open, falling on our knees and kissing the carriage floor. But as we trundled back to Friedrichstrasse in stony silence back to Checkpoint Charlie, between the three of us was a chill as palpable as the one we'd felt on the platform. And although we laughed at the episode in time to come, Harold let on to me one day after our second bottle of claret, that he should have left Janice under her lamppost. As far as I know, he's still contesting the divorce settlement. This has been a short story written and read by Bill Pine for the Inala Forest Lake Writers
0: Group podcast. Listen for more short stories from the Forest Lake and Inala Writers Group podcast on your favourite podcast platform and during 2022 around Australia on the Community Radio Network and on London's podcast radio in the UK. For more information on the writers, visit forestlakerwriters.com.au. Short stories from the Forest Lake and Anala Writers Group is a Brisbane Podcasting Centre audio production. Supported by Brisbane City Council. Thanks for listening.